0: Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more, on everything from aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Xerky. On this evening's show, we're going to celebrate just one birthday, that of trumpeter and composer Bob Efros. And to help us celebrate, I'm once again delighted to welcome Bob's granddaughter, Barbara Afros, to the show.
1: Thank you, Glenn. Honored to be
0: here. Last year, Barbara joined us to talk about the man she affectionately refers to as GBE for Grandpa Bob Afros, or simply Grandpa Bob. On that show, which was broadcast December 4, 2016... We talked a lot about Bob's connection to W.C. Handy and even played a recording of a speech Bob made to the Record Research Group in April of 1979 about how Handy had helped him get his first job. We also highlighted a few of Bob's compositions, Tin Ear, Corn Fed, and Why Don't You Get Lost. If you missed that show, it's available on the Rapidly Rotating Records website for listening streaming online and or for download. This year, Barbara suggested some different records for us to play, most of which include Grandpa Bob in the band, and two are of songs written by Bob Efros. But first, a quick biography. Robert Efros was born in London, England on December 6, 1900. The family emigrated to the U.S., arriving at Ellis Island around December 14, 1903. From there, they took the train to Memphis, Tennessee. Now, Barbara, nothing against Memphis. It's a lovely city with lovely people. But why in the world would a Jewish family from Russia settle in Memphis?
1: They settled there, which was always a large question in my mind why they settled in Memphis, (laughs) Tennessee. I mean, a Jewish family from Russia settling in Memphis, Tennessee. But in fact, Memphis was offering land grants, very inexpensive land, for families that were tailors or had civic skills. And they're advertising in the Russian newspapers. That was one draw, and they knew one family there. So they chose to settle in Memphis, which had a very small Jewish community.
0: Now Bob's mother, your great-grandmother, was a concert pianist in Russia, and Bob credited her with his musical skills. His mother had wanted Bob to take up the piano, but they couldn't afford a piano, so Bob began playing a cornet he had found in the attic of the house they were living in. Unfortunately, his mother passed away when Bob was just 10 years old, and he and his two younger brothers were sent to a Christian boarding school. Being a rebel, as you describe him, Barbara, he started hanging around Beale Street, where he met W.C. Handy, and at age 10 and a half or 11, ran away from home and got a job as a purser on a Mississippi River boat, where he met King Oliver and Louis Armstrong. Young Bob joined the Army as a bugler in 1917, and after two years, spent a brief time in Baltimore before moving to New York, where he looked up the one person he knew there, W.C. Handy, who jump-started his musical career. That story is recounted in detail in last year's show, so we won't repeat it here, but the bottom line is that Bob Efros, at age 19, was playing at the Roseland Ballroom with Sam Lannan's orchestra. So with that, I'm going to start going through this stack of shellac, introduce each, and Barbara asks for the connection of each to Grandpa Bob. At the top of the stack is a record by Rudy Valley and his Connecticut Yankees, and come to find out that at one time Grandpa Bob was himself a Connecticut Yankee.
1: One of the things that my grandpa is, he was a great storyteller, and before I embarked on really researching his stories and his life, someone like Rudy Valley Yes, we had signed photographs from Rudy Valley. but I never really knew until this last five years that not only did he record some songs, but Rudy Valley and his Connecticut Yankees consisted of my grandfather and five other musicians, and only one of them was from Connecticut. And ironically, my grandfather and my family moved to Connecticut you know, in the 60s and 70s. So then, it's then my grandfather started talking about being one of Rudy Valley's Connecticut Yankees, and I don't know if anybody really knew it until you know, I started sending around the music and so forth.
0: This record is one of the anthems of the depression, "Brother Can You Spare a Dime," performed here by Rudy Valley and his Connecticut Yankees.
2: Valley again, stepping perhaps a bit out of character in singing a song from Americana, a song that has taken its audiences by storm, which may be explained by its theme, which is both poignant and different. Brother, can you spare a dime? Tell me I was building a dream, and so I followed the mob. When there was earth to plow or guns to bear, I was always there, right on the job. They used to tell me I was building a dream, with peace and glory ahead. Why should I be standing in line, just
3: waiting
2: for bread? Once I built a railroad, made it run, made it race against
3: time. Once
2: I built a railroad, now it's done. Brother, can you spare a dime? Once I built a tower, the sun, brick and rivet and lime. Once I built a tower, now it's done. Brother, can you spare a dime? Once in cocky suits, gee, we looked swell, full of that Yankee doodle-dumb. Half a million boots went slogging through hell, and I was the kid with a drum. Say, don't you remember, they called me Al, it was Al all the time, say, don't you remember, I'm your pal, buddy, can you spare a dime?
0: From Columbia 2725 D, recorded October 27, 1932, Rudy Valley and His Connecticut Yankees, and Brother Can You Spare a Dime, written by Jay Gorney and Yip Harburg. The next record that we have is not made from shellac at all, but from a flexible synthetic resin material called durium coated onto a base of brown paper. This is a special Hit of the Week release on the Durium Deluxe label. Regular hit-of-the-week records cost 15 cents, but this one, number K6, released in September of 1931, cost a hefty 25 cents. It had a two-color label which states that the song, Cheer Up, is from Ballyhoo, but it has nothing to do with either the 1930 or 1932 shows of that name. This is Phil Spitalny's music with the vocal by Eddie Cantor. This Cheer Up was written by Misha Portnoff and Wesley Portnoff, with lyrics by Norman B. Anthony, and is not to be confused with Cheer Up, Good Times Are Comin', written by Raymond Klagas and Jesse Greer. Grandpa Bob Efros is heard on this record, and what's the connection with Eddie Cantor, Barbara?
1: Grandpa met Eddie Cantor when Eddie Cantor was doing vaudeville, and this particular song is very telling of the times in terms of Depression-era music. And the you know the, the, the words are like, cheer up nerds, and talks about the stock market and the finances of the times. And there's there's laughing and rah, rah, rah at the beginning. And Grandpa Bob was notorious for a lot of laughter and sound effects in different songs and cartoons. And Eddie Cantor's granddaughter lives here in Los Angeles. Uh, I've yet to meet her personally. But what's wonderful is we have this extended community of children, grandchildren, niece and nephews, of early jazz musicians and performers. Every month I meet somebody new, either, you know, directly, you know, in person or, you know, via social media. And 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 this song was actually sent to me and I had to actually confirm, which, you know, we both have done, that this was that this was Grandpa on it. And again, Grandpa always said this that he performed with Eddie Cantor and I've actually found 10 12 songs both you know live recordings and, and movies um, but this this song is great and oh and then hit of the week would be pressed on a Thursday and if it sold more than 500 copies it was a hit you know and then they would press another 500 and there's a lot of record collectors out there you know that really value these records and I sure appreciate them being you know posted <laughs>
4: Is sunk, we're all of us broke, and ready to broke, we've nothing to dunk, can't even get drunk, and all the while they tell us to smile, cheer up gentle citizens, though you have no shirts, happy days are here again, cheer up smile nerds, all aboard prosperity Giggle till it hurts No more breadline charity Cheer up smile, nerds Cheer up, cheer up, cheer up Cheer up, cheer up, cheer up, cheer up, cheer, up, cheer. Better times are here Sunny smilers we must be The optimist asserts Let's hang the fathead to a tree Cheer up smile, nerds The world's in the red We're better off dead Depression, they say, is in session to stay. Our judges are queer, our banks disappear, and all the while they tell us to smile. Cheer up, gentle citizens, though you have no shirts. Happy days are here again. Cheer up, smile, nerds. All aboard, prosperity. Giggle till it hurts. No more breadline charity. Cheer up, smile, nerds. Cheer up, cheer up, cheer up, cheer up, cheer. Up, cheer up, cheer up, cheer. Better times are here. Sunny smilers we must be, the optimist asserts. Let's hang the fat head to a tree. Cheer up, smile, nerds. <laughs>
0: Decanter with Phil Spitalny's music, including Bob Efros on trumpet with "Cheer Up" from Hit of the Week K6. One of Grandpa Bob's closest and longest friendships was with Ben Selvin, and Barbara. I know you want to talk a little bit about that.
1: Ben Selvin, we referred to him as Uncle Ben, as a term of endearment. I actually did not know that he's not a blood relative until the last ten years. During the 60s and 70s, his family lived in New York, and my grandpa and Ben Selvin often you know went to 802 Musicians Union, you know to the Square Club meetings, and they went to other associations and spoke. They were on Rich Connery's radio show, and Ben and Grandpa were you know friends from the early 20s. They both were children of Russian immigrants. Um, Ben was a year older than my grandpa. Ben Sullivan moved out to California in the late, mid 70s, and I was living out here in California then. So, Grandpa Bob would come out and visit, you know, a large extended family, and he and grandma made it a business to come out here at least twice a year. I visited with Ben Sullivan and my grandpa in 1978 and 79. And the two of them were a riot. I mean, they're both you know, in their late 70s. And rather than talk about, you know, so many friends that had died, they were, you know, talking about those that were alive. And, and I was taking notes and got some on cassette. And one thing, is they, one thing they promised each other was whoever died first, they'd show up at each other's funeral. But the other one's funeral and tell jokes because they, that's, that's what they were about. I mean, they both had incredible sense of humor. And one other thing about Ben Selvin, besides being a magnificent music arranger and orchestra leader, he was a great businessman. And I've been very lucky to get to know the Selvin family over the last few years. And even Ben Selvin's niece, who's 97 years old. I want to give a shout out to Harriet Eichler Selvin in Florida. Um, thank you for your support in my project and telling stories about um, Ben and your father, Sam.
0: Well, we've got another couple of Ben Selvin records here, both prominently featuring Bob Efros. The first is another anthem of the Depression era, Happy Days Are Here Again. The vocal group on this recording is The Crooners, which in this case I believe was Walter Feldkamp, Alan Moran, and possibly one other. It was recorded by Columbia on February 3, 1930 and issued as 2116-D. Happy Days Are Here Again was written by Milton Ager and Jack Yellen and is heard at the end of the MGM romantic musical picture Chasing Rainbows. Ironically, Happy Days Are Here Again was played publicly for the first time by George Olson and his music at the Hotel Pennsylvania on Thursday, October 24, 1929, the first day of the stock market crash.
1: Yeah, I think it also talks to the theme of the music of late 20s, early 30s, just despite how challenging times were economically, you know, and how we'd gotten over World War One, and little did they know we were going into World War Two. But the music was so, for the most part, upbeat and toe-tapping and filled with happiness. And Happy Days Are Here Again was such optimism that it was recorded many times, and it was originally written and performed also for President Coolidge. And then Roosevelt went on and used it as a theme song for his campaign.
0: Ben Selvin and his orchestra with Happy Days Are Here Again. Ben Selvin made records under a large number of pseudonyms, one of which was the Knickerbockers. This October 8, 1928 recording with Bob Efros on trumpet and the vocal by none other than Ben Selvin himself is a Raymond Clogas J. Fred Coots song which chronicles the Ivy League fur fad of the late 1920s. Right cool,
5: right cool. rock, rock, rock. Princeton, Harvard,
6: Cornell, if
5: you go there, I'll be there soon. Now, well,
6: please don't wear that old raccoon.
5: Every day those raccoon coats will have pups oh, wow, wow. Date a girl, then start to hurry right downtown To some big furrier soon To do the raccoon Oh, they wear them down at Princeton And they share them up at Yale Oh, they eat in them at Harvard And they sleep in them in jail beta, Delta fretta Oh, what's the matter with all my mutter? Foola, foola, why you're a fooler. Oh, go to schooler uh, and learn the raccoon. From every college campus comes a cheer, rock, rock, rock. The season for the raccoon coats is here. <laughs>
3: Dun dun
0: the old raccoon away I'm Glenn Robison and you're listening to a special edition of Rapidly Rotating Records celebrating the birthday of trumpeter and composer Bob Efros and we're happy to have Bob's granddaughter Barbara Efros in the studio the next record in the stack is by Bing Crosby whose name wasn't even mentioned on last year's show I don't believe It was recorded June 12, 1931, and issued as Brunswick 6128. Mort Dixon and Billy Rose wrote the words, and Harry Warren wrote the music to I Found a Million Dollar Baby.
1: I'm really thrilled that we're playing the song because grandpa would always tell stories about Bing Crosby and you know we knew some of them had to be true <laughs> but it wasn't until I read um Giddens biography on early Bing Crosby that I read some of the same stories that I had heard you know and even had you know on cassette about Bing Crosby when he was young. There's a lot of us that are fans of early Bing Crosby you know mid-20s to mid-30s uh, when he's still in New York he came out to California I believe, 31, 32. But the fun piece that happened recently is discover Phil Crosby, Phil Crosby Jr., I should say, who's the grandson of Bing Crosby. And uh, this is a shout-out to Phil Crosby Jr. Anyways, his grandpa told a lot of stories about Bing Crosby and his antics and, and loved performing with him. We'd talk about how Bing needed voice training, you know, and we thought, oh, this is a fish story. Any biography about Bing, you know, they talk about that, but, you know, that Bing had so much charm and had a wonderful, crooning style, which was very new at the time. And in the course of 1925 to early 30s, his style really changed and, you he know, became the superstar that, that we know him as. And this, this particular song, I Found a Million Dollar Baby, Grandpa's on trumpet, and it's on Bing Crosby with his younger voice and... It's actually written about the uh, daughter of F.W. Woolworth, who ran a five and ten cent store. And that's the second part of the, the song. Um, I found a million dollar baby in a five and ten cent store. Um, it doesn't mention F.W. Woolworth specifically, but whenever you read about the history of music, you know, whether you're reading about Bing Crosby or you're reading about my grandpa or Bill Rose and Harry Warren's writing, it's, it's a great song and also very timely.
7: It was a lucky April shower It was the most convenient door I found a million dollar baby In a five and ten cent store The rain continued for an hour, I hung around for three or four, around a million dollar baby in a five and ten cent store. She was selling china, and when she made those eyes, I kept buying china. Until the crowd got wise. Incidentally If you should run into a shower Just step inside my cottage door And meet the million dollar baby From the five and ten cent store Love comes along like a popular song Anytime or anywhere at all Rain or sunshine, spring or fall. Say, you never know when it may say hello in a very unexpected place. For example, take my case. <laughs> She made those eyes I kept buying China Until the clouds got white. Incidentally If you should run into a shower Step inside my cottage door And meet my million dollar baby From the five and say
0: Bing Crosby with I Found a Million Dollar Baby in a Five and Ten Cent Store. I'm hesitant to play this next record because with the devastation in California from all the wildfires, I don't want to seem insensitive. The song is Fire, an alarming novelty by Earl Oliver's Jazz Babies, a pseudonym for Harry Reeser.
1: Well, Harry Reeser was another incredible arranger and most well known for his banjo playing. And this song, Fire, it goes back to the times, you know, the 20s and 30s, where like um, hotel fires, restaurant fires, apartment fires, were an incredible problem in major cities like New York and San Francisco and Chicago. And the fact that song was composed as a novelty song about fire, and when you listen to it, you'll hear that they're practically laughing about fire. And you can also hear grandpa's voice because you know, what they would do in those days, they didn't have Foley, they didn't have specialists in the background to put in the sounds and the voices. You know, most often the musicians, you know, would be the backup sound effects or et cetera. And yeah, you'll, you'll hear grandpa Bob, you know, both on trumpet and sound effects and fire. The irony and sadness is that um, Tom Stacks actually died in a fire. Grandpa would play the song a lot, and he would also talk over it with these stories and other stories about you know, fires, because you, he you lived in a major city you know, in the 20s and 30s.
0: Fire was written by Byron Gay and Richard Whiting. In late 1926, Harry Reeser recorded not one, not two, but five versions of Fire within a span of less than two weeks, and they were issued on Brunswick, Vocalion, OK, Perfect... Edison, both diamond disc and blue amberol cylinder, and on Columbia in the U.S., Britain, and Germany. Tom Stax is the vocalist on all of them, and I think Bob Afros is the trumpeter on this Edison diamond disc made November 5, 1926. The band is credited as Earl Oliver's Jazz Babies, and Tom Stax is credited as Tom Howard.
8: Use. fire 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 turn the hose on me out in the park just after dark she leaned against my shoulder my poor heart began to hold her I'm all aflame and she's too flame. fire 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 turn the hose on me
0: Jazz Babies and Fire. We're going to turn now to a couple of Grandpa Bob's compositions. For the most part, we try to stick to records of the 1920s and 30s. Once in a while, we'll stray back into the aughts or ahead into the early 40s, and that's the case with this first record. Bob Ephros wrote Creole Rag with trumpeter George Irwin, better known as Pee-wee Irwin, and this recording is by Phil Napoleon in his Memphis Five from 1942.
1: Phil Napoleon also played with Vincent Lopez Orchestra. Grandpa knew him in the early 20s. The two of them traveled with Vincent Lopez to England on the SS Leviathan in April of 1925. Uh, fortunate to speak with Marty Napoleon who passed away I think at the age of 96, about three years ago. Marty Napoleon was also a musician and Phil Napoleon was his older brother. I was mostly interviewing him, you know, about the Napoleon family because they were also they were all great musicians and wanted to know about the song Creole Reg because it was very hard to find and I wanted to know more about people that knew my grandfather. So I got I was lucky to be able to speak with Marty Napoleon on, on the phone and uh, Phil Napoleon in his Memphis 5 recorded the song Creole Reg that Grandpa Bob F. Ross and Phil Napoleon Um, They actually wrote it in the early 20s, and best of our knowledge did not get recorded until, did you say, 1942? (laughs) ¶¶
0: Creole Rag, or Creole Reg, written by Bob Afros and performed there by Phil Napoleon in his Memphis Five in 1942. The other Afros composition we want to play is The Memory of This Dance, written with Ben Selvin. This recording is also from 1942 by Horace Height and his orchestra, under the name Donna and her Don Juan's.
1: Horace Haidt was a big band leader, very successful in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and Donna and her Don Wands was an up-and-coming band, and Horace Haidt was actually trying to give them a break, and then also, I suspect that like a lot of other band leaders had contracts, most band leaders had contracts with one label or another, so like Ben Selvin and Harry Reeser had dozens of pseudonyms, Horace Haidt may have had uh, Donna or Don Juan's as a pseudonym um, because he certainly arranged the song. Um, I've tried to find this out for fact, and, and maybe I, from the show, will, because Horace Haidt, I don't know if you know this, Glenn, his son, um, Horace Haidt Jr., lives in the Valley here in Los Angeles, and is also a big band leader in his own right, had a radio show. And I've been in touch with Horace Haidt Jr. And was thrilled about the song and knew of it also. And I asked him more details about Donna and Don Juan's. He's um, yet to fill me in on the details. Promise me coffee. <laughs> um, back to the song. The Memory of This Dance, uh, spelled memory, M-E-M, apostrophe, R-Y. So it's memory of this dance. And it's, it's, it's a romantic ballad that Grandpa Bob and Ben Selvin wrote. And I think it also shows you how the 40s music really began to change. I mean, it's still very much jazz, but it's more of a melodic ballad, love song.
9: The memory of this dance will always cling to me and always bring. Sing to me a beautiful thought of you Now I've been called away And we must part The tune we're dancing to, romancing to Will never leave my heart The smile upon your face Thrill of your embrace will always hold a place as long as the starlight shines. So till we meet again and dance again. I
3: Beautiful thought of you So you've been away And we must find
9: The tune we're dancing to dancing to It will never leave my heart again The smile upon your face the thrill of your embrace will always hold a place as long as the starlight shines. So till we meet
6: again and dance again, I want, want you to know while I'm gone, the memory of
0: From Columbia 36595, recorded in Hollywood, California on March 30, 1942, Donna and her Don Juans, Donna being Donna Wood, with The Memory of This Dance, written by Bob Efros and Ben Selvin. Many of the records we play on the show are from commercial CD or LP reissues, some are courtesy of fellow collectors, and some are from the actual physical disc, as in the case with this next record... Which I actually tracked down and bought specifically for this show, and got it just in time to transfer and do a quick cleanup. The song is My Love Parade, written by Clifford Gray and Victor Schertzinger. There are a number of recordings of My Love Parade, but this one has Bob Efros on trumpet. It's by the Majestic Dance Orchestra, a pseudonym for Adrian Schubert's Salon Orchestra. This is take one of Matrix 9391, recorded in New York on February 26, 1930 with a vocal by Maxwell Covert. The American dance band discography shows it as possibly rejected. Take four was recorded a couple of weeks later on March 12th with Scrappy Lambert and issued on Perfect 15284, but in fact both takes were issued on that Perfect catalog number.
1: Also that My Love Prayed was a film um, that Maurice Chevalier um, performed in and also sang. I'm not sure if Grandpa played in play trumpet in the actual uh, movie. He definitely performed as Chevalier. And uh, this, this is a lovely song, so enjoy. Mm-hmm. ¶¶
6: in you displayed Grace of Delphine, the charm of Josephine The cuteness of Pauline in you arrayed Those other charms with yours need not be told And no other arms but yours could ever hold me Lips of Lucille, the beauty of Camille You are my ideal, my love parade.
0: The Majestic Dance Orchestra with Bob Efros on trumpet and My Love Parade. As you're listening to the original broadcast of this show, Barbara is actually in New York City, and I'm going to let her tell you why and also what the next song is.
1: My Aunt Ella is my great Aunt Ella. She was a sister-in-law of Grandpa Bob. Aunt Ella is celebrating, and happy birthday, Aunt Ella. Celebrated her 100th birthday on this past December 7th. She and Grandpa, the birthdays were a day apart. And as you're listening to the show, the night before, last night, on Saturday the 9th, we had a 100th birthday party for Aunt Ella. And I asked her some of her favorite songs that Grandpa played, and she mentioned a lot of them. But since this was also a family favorite of my dad and, and my uncle and my dad's brother, um, Aunt Ella mentioned, Give Me a Little Kiss, Will Ya?, And he often sang this, and I remember, too, he often sang this to to my grandmother. And it would make her smile regardless of her age or or ailing health in the later years.
0: So, Aunt Ella, with our best wishes for a happy birthday and many more, here's Whispering Jack Smith, asking if you'd give him a little kiss. (music) ¶¶
10: Boy was wild about a little girl who found it out. She tried to play so hard to get. You know, he hasn't even kissed her yet. He comes around and she turns him down, comes back again, and hangs around, waiting for one kiss, while he pleads like this. Oh, give me a little kiss. Will ya? have? What do you wanna miss? Will you have? Gosh, oh, gee. Why do you refuse? You know, I can't see. What you got to lose? Oh, give me a little squeeze.
3: Will you have?
10: Why do you wanna make me blue? You know, I wouldn't say a word if I were asking for the world. But what's a little kiss between a fella and his girl? Huh? Oh, give me a little kiss. Will you hand? And I'll give it right back to you. It's been a year since first they met. And he hasn't quite, he hasn't quite succeeded yet. A month ago, why, he held her hand. And his patience, well, I can't quite understand. That they're engaged don't mean a thing. He's in a rage when he takes back his ring. Gives it back once more While he starts to roar Oh, give me a little kiss. Will you, hand huh? What are you gonna miss? Will you,
3: hand huh?
10: Gosh, oh, gee. Why do you refuse? You know, I can't see. What you've got to lose. Oh, give me a little squeeze. Will you
3: hand?
0: Why do
10: you want to make me blue? You know, I wouldn't say a word if I were asking for the world. What's a little kiss between a feller and his girl? Oh, give me a little kiss. Will you hand? And I'll give it right back to you. And then she said, give me a little coat. Will you have? Sable or mink or gold. will your hand. You know, my poor hand, you're as bare as anything. I could stand a little bracelet, maybe a diamond ring. Hey, give me a little car. will you hand. That would be mighty nice to do. A packet or a Lincoln or a Cadillac sedan. Well, I'll even take a roll, and you can add a chauffeur man But don't you give me a little Ford. Will you have, or I'll give it right back to
0: you. The Whispering Baritone, Jack Smith, with the song he co-wrote with Maceo Pinkard, Give Me a Little Kiss, Will Ya? Huh? From a Victor recording made in New York on March 5th, 1926. I'm Glenn Robison, and you've been listening to Rapidly Rotating Records with our special guest, Barbara Efros. Thank you very much for being here, Barbara.
1: I so enjoy your show, and thank you for having me.
0: We got through only about half of what we had planned, but we'll just have to do this again next December. In the meantime, there's lots more information about music by Bob and his friends and fellow musicians at Barbara's blog, bobefros.blogspot.com. Please also check out the Facebook pages, Bob Efros, Jazz Trumpeter, Ben Selvin Appreciation Society, and Vincent Lopez Appreciation Society. And I hope you'll visit the Rapidly Rotating Records Facebook page, leave a comment and a like, and visit our website, rapidlyrotatingrecords.com, where you can access all of our previous shows. You can also send email to glenn at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or cards or letters to Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. Most of all, I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week. Last year, we ended the show with a record whose title conveys a good piece of advice, Smile, Darnya, Smile. Well, we're going to try to end this year's Bob Efros birthday show on an optimistic note with another record imparting some good advice. This is Ben Selvin and his orchestra with Bob Efros on trumpet from Columbia 1994-D, recorded September 25th, 1929. The vocalist is Smith Ballou. With all that's going on, from the fires in California to U.S. politics to crises and disasters around the world, try to follow Da Silva, Brown, and Henderson's advice and keep your sunny side up. My best wishes to each and every one of you, and as always, thank you for your very kind attention.
9: The side that gets blue If you have nine sons in a row Why, baseball teams make money, you know Keep your funny side up, up Let your laughter come through Do stand upon your legs Be like two fried eggs Keep your sunny side up